What does it mean that women, that woman is the weaker vessel? A men are stronger than her. In what ways? Well, there could be a lot of different ways. Obviously, um, so obviously we're f physically more strong. That's that's one way. I do think another uh, aspect of that is uh, men are more hormonally stable, whereas a woman, uh, you're, a woman's two different women in a month. She's her uh, the person she is on her up cycle as she's going towards ovulation and the person she is afterwards. So those are two very different hormonal realities for a woman. So uh, a woman enters, uh, she has a period, and then she menstruates for a number of years and she exits that. So she has a, a big part of her life is a series of cycles where a guy doesn't have a hormonal decline like a woman does the much later in life. That's where you have guys like Shauna Connery back in the day, uh, like siring children like into his late 60s or whatever, where that's not normal for a woman. So I think, uh, like for example, when I'm sick, I'm a very intuitive person. I, I, I base a lot of things off my feelings, like my read of people. So when I'm sick, I'm not able to read someone well. And so I'll think everyone's mad at me. I'm like, are you mad at me or something? What's wrong? And like, you must be sick. Um, so a woman who's going through all those hormonal changes, if you've been married to a wife, uh, she, she acts very different. That's hard. It's hard on a woman to go through this. So there's a lot of parts of being a woman that I think makes them a weak in a sense. And so physical strength, hormonal um, instability would be one way. Um, I, those are two that come to mind. Thank you. This one's at the top of the list. We've got, uh, how do you deal with your wife who refuses to have sex by saying, we just had sex yesterday? Awesome. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, so I did my best on researching sexual frequency of marriage and uh, in hopes of maybe writing a marriage book someday that would deal with these things. So as best as I can tell, uh, in a very, so in the kind of the prime of your youth, think 20s, 30s, 40s, um, not sick, uh, probably average frequency is something like three times a week. That seems to be healthy mar marital frequency based on the studies that I was able to look at. Um, so, you know, anytime someone says study shows, you gotta like roll your eyes a little bit. But, um, so it's, you always wanna be, you know, less than rabbits, but more than salmon when it comes to sexual, <laughs> sexual frequency. Um, but, so if you're in the range of three times a week, I'll just let you know that that's very normal, actually. And uh, I do think we live in a pornified society that's got men constantly frustrated. And so a lot of times, uh, out of that frustration, they can want to have sex more than would have been normal in a different time, actually. And uh, adopting uh, things like weightlifting, running, um, channeling, that sort of stress. Because a lot of times guys, like tick guys that get addicted to porn and masturbation, it tends to be tied to them managing stress in their life. So they, they feel bad, they're stressed out about something, so then they go masturbate to porn to get the cortisol, or to, not to get cortisol, the dopamine, and feel better and to relax. So I think a lot of times guys are, are kind of using their wife that way. And there is a comfort that comes from sexual intercourse, but uh, you, you certainly don't want to treat it as a mere bandage. There's a real relationship there, right? So, um, 
and women also, they just have about a tenth of a man's sexual desire. They really do. Guys, guys are much more um, intense, about ten times. So when a woman is uh, at the height of her ovulation, uh, she's still, like, again, maybe a fifth of what a man has in terms of her sexual... And that's when she's the, you know, the, the more, most uh, let's hop into the bed sort of attitude. Um, and so I'd say one is cultivate, uh, cultivate patience with your wife, understand what normal is, build other release valves for your stress besides sex, um, realize that a man is like an active a volcano, and a woman is much more dormant. Uh, men are ready to go, women have to be built up, right? Guys are kind of like a reservoir that wants to be released, like a, like a, a dam releasing pressure. A woman, it tends to need to be filled up, and that takes time. The enemy of sex in your household is anxiety. So if you want to have more sex in your marriage, uh, reduce the anxiety in your home. If, you're, if your house is a mess, if the bedroom's a mess, if the finances are a mess, that's, the woman's going to be stressed out, and that's going to short-circuit her desire um, because it's hard for her to relax. You know? And so if you want to increase it, get your house under control. Uh, you know, I, like, I might be on washing dishes. This is a big controversy online. Like, just do the dishes, man. First off, I have kids in a dishwasher. Like, like my kids do the dishes. Um, but, uh, but here's the thing. Like, I'm not beyond doing that. If something needs done in my house, I'd do it. Right? And so, like, take control of your house. Uh, it, find out the source of anxiety in your life. Like, is, what is she stressed out about? Relieve those things. Be a problem solver. You'll find that she relaxes and will increase your sex life. It really will. Um, but again, if you're somewhere between one and three a week, um, I think you should find a way to make it make do and, and, and change other things in your life. Other people online will tell you differently, but they're probably, their personal life's probably totally jack. So don't listen to them. Thank you. <clears throat> There's a couple of questions about physical strength. One of them was, do I, is it effeminate to not be able to physically defend my wife? And how important is physical strength as a, as a man? Is that a spiritual virtue? Give me a break. <laughs> Whoever asked that. You know that strength matters. Are you kidding me? We know it. Now, you... You don't need to be Conan the Barbarian. I always hear young guys tell me this in my church. There's some that are really getting into bodybuilding. My son is, but he's not a bodybuilder. He just wants to be strong because he thinks bodybuilders are effeminate, and they kind of are, right? Like big muscle-bound guys oiling themselves up and taking pictures. Then, of course, they, they get all the gay guys hitting on them in the DMs. Um, and if you don't believe me, ask a bodybuilding friend, and they'll tell you I'm right. Um, these young guys always say, I'm lifting weights, but I don't want to look like Arnold Schwarzenegger. Oh, you don't want to look like Mr. Like Olympian? <laughs> don't, don't worry, dude. <laughs> you don't stumble into that. <laughs> but, but yeah, having some physical strength um, definitely matters. And so just uh, who knows what your ceiling is? You know, God gives you your ceiling in different areas. Uh, just max it out to the best of your ability. Some people are, I'm, I've always been naturally strong in terms of weightlifting, um, but not exactly naturally fast. 
Uh, so if I, I have to do my damage up close and quickly. <laughs> so, but, uh, but so I think strength absolutely matters. We're stronger. We're, we've, we have more muscle mass. Um, should you be able to defend your wife within, within reason? Of course you should be able to. Should you be able to defend your, let me ask you this. Should you be able to defend your children's mother or should you just let her get killed? Like, just rephrase the question five different ways. Um, but the thing is with all these is they, they become these weird absolutes, right? Like can, I remember I was boxing this guy. I was, in, I was into mixed martial arts when I was younger and I was pretty decent in a little hometown. I kept kicking this guy in his leg, right on his knee, as hard as I could. And I tripped him, and he, he went on his hands and knees, which is a no-no in mixed martial arts. So I, I sunk a rear naked choke into him. I should have been able to choke this guy out, but he was so muscle-bound, I couldn't choke him. His neck was just one gigantic muscle. And he grabbed me, and he flipped me over the top of him, and I had to tap out because he was getting ready to punch me, right? And this guy ended up being a Vander Hoyfield sparring partner, and of course, a Vander Hoyfield beat the crap out of him, right? So I'm tough enough, but I'm not tough as this guy, and this guy is nothing compared to Vander Hoyfield. There's bigger fish in every pond. Like, do you have to be able to beat up everyone in the world? No, I'm gonna go down with the fight though, right? I'm not gonna run. So yeah, get strong, as strong as you can. It could be just doing push-ups, it could be running, it could be lifting weights, it could be a lot of stuff, but don't get weird and obsessed about it. Like, um, none of us are Genghis Khan here. And, uh, but, but it, it, you will feel better. You will feel better when you're, when you're stronger. When you hit the weights, like, um, feel like all I do is gain weight while I'm in Australia, thanks. But, uh, but you know, I went out and, and made sure I got close to 10,000 steps today just to make sure I got some exercise. I feel better. Releases stress. I prayed along the way. I listened to my Bible. And uh, you'll find that it makes you, uh, it makes you feel uh, better because God made us to use our bodies for things. You don't want to be a desk jockey your whole life. So, yeah, I think it does matter. But don't worry about these big muscle-bound guys. You know, muscle-bound guys will get their butts kicked by real boxers. So maybe go take a real boxing class, and you'll find out what tough is and tough isn't. Thank you. I'm not married, someone says. So some of these nice guy examples you used about chasing the wife uh, did not feel to apply. Can you give some other examples of what operating with a nice guy mentality looks like? And then somebody else was asking, do you have any other practical examples of how the nice guy approach plays out as opposed to this masculine approach? So every 80s movie is based on nice guys, right? So like Pretty in Pink or Breakfast Club. There's some big nerd and he likes the cute girl and the cute girl likes the like jock guy or whatever. And the jock guy is actually a jerk and the girl comes to see that, and then she likes the nerdy guy. But in the real life, that's not what happens, right? That's because some nerd wrote that script, okay? Um, so these guys, they, they suck up to women, and, and then they think that the woman will date them and like them and, and be sexual with them, and then the, the girl doesn't. And so it's called being friend-zoned is another way to think about it, right? Where she's happy, to be your, to have, be friends with you, but she doesn't want to be intimate with you. Um, and so a lot of guys will, um, they'll talk about how they respect her in all this way, and she, and she just doesn't know that, you know, she's attracted to jerks and you're trying to rescue her. Well, the reason women are attracted to so-called jerks is because, not because they're jerks, but because they know what they want, right? It could be something bad, but they know what they want. 
and they don't build their life around the woman. And that's actually attractive to a woman. Nice guys think putting a woman on a pedestal makes her like them. But it doesn't work that way, it's the opposite. It's the guy that has his own thing going on that she's attracted to. Women want to come to a man who has, women are looking for a man that's worthy of their love, right? A man whose mission is getting things done, doing big things. Uh, now, for, he doesn't have to be rich. I remember this one story, is this, um, someone was trying to prove me wrong at a conference once. And he's like, well, let me give you an example of why you're wrong. There's this woman, and she loved this painter, and he was totally broke. And, and one day, finally, people recognized his genius, and they became millionaires. See, you're wrong. No, I'm not. That's exactly what I'm talking about. That woman saw that guy's drive to be an artist and to make beautiful things. And she thought it was amazing. And she didn't care if anyone else appreciated that. She appreciated his absolute mission to create art, right? So women are very attracted to guys that are going somewhere. I think that's rooted in the fact that God made Adam first, gave him the mission, the cultural mandate, and then brought Eve to him. So that's why I'm always telling guys, like, what's your vocation? What are you working on? What are you building? What's your side hustle? You know, what are you doing at church? How's your church growing? Like, what are you, what are you into? Do you have any hobbies? So many guys, they think, I'll get a woman, then I'll become a man. It doesn't work that way, right? And, and God forbid you get a woman before you become a man, because that's a very rough relationship. That happens a lot. Um, but so that, that'd be an example, sucking up to a girl, getting friend, if you're getting friend zoned all the time, you are the nice guy, you are. And, and the answer to that isn't to be nasty to women, it's to, to get uh, more driven in your vocation for the glory of God, serve more in your church. Um, and you gotta do it because it's good, right? Like my son, uh, Athanasius, no one will listen to this for a long time, so I'm not too worried about it. He will certainly won't. But Athen, he's like the Giga Chad sort of guy, meme. He's just like naturally masculine. He's my second born son. And uh, he, uh, there's this girl in my church that clearly is nuts after, over him. And my wife likes this girl. I'm like, he's 15, chill out. Um, but he'll say things to girls like, you got crazy eyes. Like he just means it. Like he's just observing it. He's not trying to be mean. And then he'll go on, and the girls will be crazy, even the more into him after that. And it's because he doesn't need them, right? It's because he's not desperate, and he, he just wants to play video games, work the soundboard, starting to lift weights, work a job at the stalls. He's not interested in girls at all, and that just drives him wild. <laughs> so, so that's get caught up with life, get caught up with good things, and then... Um, and then a woman will want to be part of that uh, eventually, usually. So people were asking about uh, how, to not, how to pursue a woman without chasing, how to not seem desperate, how to not be a beta chaser, but still meaningfully pursue somebody, and maybe mingle into that, uh, the theology of having a, a mission to call a woman to, rather than making a woman the mission. Well, one way not to chase a woman is just to date a lot of women. And I know that's going to be offensive to some people, but here's what I mean by that. So when I say date, I don't mean fornicate. Just to be clear, you can't fornicate. You're a Christian. Fornicators go to hell. You've got to have that under control. Um, that's, scripture's very clear. So what I mean by date 
is go hang out with someone somewhere, right? Grab a coffee, you know, go to a movie, whatever it is you do. Um, I have no problem with guys seeing multiple women all at the same time if they're not lying. If it's like I'm just trying to get to know you. Um, I think the first thing to find out in relationships is if there's any basic chemistry. So one of the advice I give a lot of guys is when you go on a date, just have fun. Reform guys get all autistic. And uh, <laughs> so uh, what's your view on the ordus salutis, you know? <laughs> right? Like, that just drives the chicks nuts, right? So they, they'll do these, like, interviews where it's like she's ap- applying for a job or something. And I would just... Some catch. <laughs> yeah. My advice is just to go do something fun that's not intense. In other words, you're not staring at each other the whole time, but you're doing something, right? It could be an arcade. I, I don't know. It could be a service project, whatever. It's just fun where you get to do bowling. It could be... Do you guys do bowling here? Okay. Uh, I don't know. I don't know what's going on, right? Like, you guys don't have rights, right? I have. Like, it's all very confusing to me. Um, but, but my point is to do something where you just get to know them, see if there's chemistry. And also, when you're seeing other women, here's what it shows. It shows that you have options, right? And uh, when you have options... Like, one thing I remember in middle school, when you, I don't know if this happened to you guys, but the first time I got a girlfriend, then suddenly other girls wanted to be my girlfriend, right? And it's like crazy. Once you like, have, have something, other people want to be part of it. Um, so when you have options, that keeps you from being desperate. And you're trying to, the, the key, though, is as soon as you start to realize that this is someone you're interested in, there's good chemistry, and they fear God, then you need to stop spitting plates, Right, and, and, and focus in on that person and be genuine. The main thing is don't lie, don't hide things um, at all when, when it comes to those. But I do think that's where we're at right now. Like this idea that we can do courtship anytime soon is far off because we're not in a patriarchal society at a legal base level right now. Um, so, and, you, and that requires a strong Christian community. So if you have that, praise God for it. But I just don't think... We, we barely have it in America. It's going to be all the more rough over here. So I think something like a sort of principled, old-school dating where you meet a lot of people, get to know them, that demonstrate, that allows you to get to know people, demonstrates that you have options, and, uh, and then you start to zoom in on, on someone. Uh, a lot of times women are being competed with by multiple men, right? And when a guy has seen multiple women without being immoral, it kind of reverses the, the, uh, the, the situation and in levels the playing field, if that makes sense. If I can be that pragmatic with you, that's how it actually works. What was some of the other questions? I forget. Mission, woman. I feel like I've kind of tackled the mission thing a little bit. Um, for me, with Emily, uh, I told her uh, that. Some details about you and Emily. <laughs> well, for em, em and I, um, we met at a Bible study I taught. I uh, remember she came, I had been playing soccer, which is uh, the, uh, the English word for football. Um, and uh, I was playing soccer with some friends, which is not something that I usually did. Uh, but I had a bunch of, I had bu- got a bunch of grass in my eyes and I was wearing contacts. So my eyes were like red and irritated and I had to teach a Bible study that night. So I took my contacts out and I taught this Bible study. This girl comes in, I'm blind as a bat, right? I can't see anything. 
this girl, this big blob, right? This girl could have been 300 pounds, who knows, right? <laughs> Snaggletooth all over, looked like Jabba the Hutt for all I know. Um, and she's sharing about how she became a Christian and all her friends are rejecting her, and, um, but she wants to stand firm and, stand firm, conference there. But uh, she wants to stand firm and, uh, and, and wanted prayer. So I remember praying for her and I just remember that moment, I was like, I am into this chick. Right, I like this girl, and was immediately attracted to her. I didn't even know what she looked like, and I remember praying like, "God, let her not be." You know, you don't let her be the girl that has a great personality, if you know what I mean. <laughs> so, so anyway, um, she doesn't come for a couple weeks, and she comes back to the Bible study. I, I bought a Bible for her, but I had a, a friend give it to her because I didn't want it to come on too strong, and um, and we started writing back and forth because I was dirt poor. And I didn't have a phone to call, so I'd write her letters. And we became friends. And uh, we were really into each other. I didn't know that she was into me. She didn't know I was into her. But we got to know each other. I really appreciated that time of meeting your folks and, and all that. And then um, I decided I needed to come out and just be straight with her. So I walked her home one night, and I said, look, I'm really, I really like you. I'd like to get to know you more. Uh, I'm not really in the market just to kind of in any like relationship that has no destination. Uh, I know what I want in life. I want to be a pastor. I know I'm going to be poor. I know I'm going to be hated. And I know I'm going to be away from home a lot. And so if you can see yourself in a relationship with someone like that, let's just be friends. But if you think that's a possibility, I'd love to get to know you more. And uh, she actually leaned in for a kiss. And I did like my, like a duct. Um, because I'd read I Kissed Ain't Goodbye, and I knew not to kiss, right? But I did kiss her like a year later before we got married. But, um, but anyhow, uh, uh, she definitely swooned, and I, at the time I didn't really understand what I was doing right, but uh, in retrospect, I just really knew what I wanted in my life, and I was going after it hard, and I wasn't being a jerk about it. I wanted her to be part of it, but I wasn't about to sacrifice the things that matter to me uh, for a woman. I wanted a woman that would want to be part of it, not compete with what I was doing that would complement it. So I think really, the problem with guys is you just don't, you're not passionate. I hate the word passionate too, because it got Louis Giglio and John Piper and all these guys took it and made it a kind of a gay thing. But you really should be passionate. You should really care about things. You should be building something. You, you should be willing to die for things. Right. Uh, everyone respects that. Other men respect that. When, you, uh, when you're the first person in a new job, be the first person in. Get there 15 minutes early, leave 15 minutes late. Um, when you're helping at the church, you know, make sure you're the one that's staying extra late, uh, making the elders and whoever tell you to go home. Like, just go all in in things. Get possessed. Be a hard worker. Go home. Here's the other good thing when, you, when you're single and you're working hard like that. You're so tired, you can't look at porn. You're just exhausted. That's how I've been. Like, I went to Vic's, I went in Vic's bed last night. I've been staying at Vic's house. Uh, Vic's over here. He's wearing a suit. Uh, he's very, very, yeah. What's that? His bed not, not with Vic, though. It's, um, but it's his, it's his house and a bedroom of his. So I went into his so it is his. So I went in the bed, and I laid down, and I woke up in the morning. 
I didn't uncover the bed or anything. I was just like, you know, still in there. And that's just because the days are full. And when guys are talking to me about their pornography problems, I usually tell them they need a second job, right? Like, just work harder, man. Like, just work harder because the easiest way to battle that is just being so tired you can't. But I just think, like, get possessed with something, right? It doesn't, and, and great things are, things that are great never look great in the beginning. They're so tiny. So, like, give attention to little things. Be the best at whatever job you're at right now and, and, and work your way up and, and just really care about the things that God's brought your way. And that will make you a mission-focused person. Women will respect that. And you won't be taken in by floozies. And they're out there. There's Proverbs 5 women, and they're from the devil, and they'll chew you up and they'll spit you out. But a guy that knows what he wants, when a woman says, hey, come over here, you say, mm, I got other stuff to do, right? And you don't do it. So those are some thoughts. Uh, how can I, uh, this, how should I, what should I do if my wife isn't willing to be submissive to my leadership? <clears throat> leadership techniques, headship, uh, headship advice. To the man that doesn't wear pants. Yeah. Well, look, you can't force them. There's no, you can't force people to submit, right? Or you'll never be able to drink your soup again. Who knows what's in it, right? Um, you, can't, you can't force them to do that. And so what do you have? You have your words and you have your examples, and that's it. We say, well, what about the church? Well, they have their words. That's all they have. And so you can't force a woman to follow you. So all you can do is exhort her. What I would say is look for everything you can change in yourself. Not because there aren't things wrong with her, but you can't change things that are wrong with her. But you can. You have absolute control of yourself. You can do that. So start to, where can I become a better listener? Where can I get things done? It doesn't have to be built all around her, but where can I grow in my leadership skills? Um, sometimes you've, you've just, you've chosen poorly. You've picked the wrong woman, and now she's your soulmate. I don't believe in soulmates, but once you say I do, she's your soulmate. Right, you make a covenant, you're a man. A man's as good as his word, vows matter. You gotta keep them. So some people uh, rush into marriage because they're scared of being single and they make a huge mistake. Hasty vows cause much pain. But I've had friends who married, I had one friend who married a woman and they, they used to call me and put the cell phone on the bed while they screamed. Dah, 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 dah. It was like crazy sounding. And I just thought, wow, this is such a rough marriage. And she was a very difficult woman to deal with. But I think it was about eight or nine years ago, there was just a turning. He was so patient. And now their marriage is so sweet. And so I've seen really bad marriages turn around. So what I would say, you, you can't make her uh, submit. All you can do is become a better leader and, and uh, appeal to her using the word of God and discipling her. I wonder if this battery's about to die. Um, but that's what I would say. There's nothing else you can do. You can't, if you make ultimatums, this is what guys do. The women say, if you don't do this, I'll do that. If you're making an ultimatum, you're telling the other person that you're powerless. That's all that means, right? You're trying to emotionally manipulate them into behavior. It, it makes you look like a weak leader and it will not get, uh, it will not produce good fruit. Right? Um, so you, you can't give into that. There's so much more there I can say, but those are a couple thoughts. 
is uh, somebody said, what podcasts, you'll love this, or books can I read and listen to if I don't have a good Christian dad and am hungry to be a better man? The best thing you can do is listen to your Bible and go to a church and look for older men who have the things present in their life that you'd like to have. Uh, manhood is 80% caught, 20% taught. Um, the Word of God will sharpen you, it'll help you, but just be around other men. Uh, if other men are doing something, join in. And when they correct your work ethic or whatever, uh, know that's love, right? Your dad, so. My, my sons, if they don't do a good job, I make them do it again, right? Because you should do the job the right way. I saw Cyprian carrying a can of paint. He's, he's like five at the time, carrying a can of paint up the stairs. And I kept thinking, he was struggling. He's like, eh, eh, like a stair at a time. And I kept thinking dropping that paint can and that paint going everywhere. I was like, oh, that would be the worst. But I decided I'm not going to help him. I want him to get that can of paint to the top of the stairs himself. He's not asked for help. Why rob such a victory from him, right? And he got it up there, and I asked him, why should you bring that uh, can of paint up there? And he's like, I don't know. <laughs> but I like it. I like him doing hard things. And had he got to the second, like third step and stopped, I would have been like, you keep going. You got this. And he would have got it to the top, right? I would have made him do it. And uh, so find guys that, like, find men in your church and, and serve in ways. And when they give you critical feedback, understand the reason it hurts is it's, it's shaping you. Like, like when you work out and your muscles are sore, the reason it stings is the guy's trying to improve you. And that's one way you can grow. Podcasts aren't going to do it, man. Don't listen to It's Good to Be a Man. Skip the book. Find a church. Find real, real mentors and fathers. I, I swear to you, it'll do better than the book. I know it will because that's what made the difference in my life.